Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Lisa Leitner, and yes, I am speaking in a louder voice. Over spring break, we just ended spring break here in my area, and over spring break, I was at football practice with my youngest son, he plays flag football. And it was cold, so I said, I'm going to wait in the car and read. And instead, I decided to listen to a few podcasts. And um, I tend to only listen to, I don't listen to my own podcasts as a general rule. But um, one came across my, you know, my suggestions. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me just take a listen to this one. And it seemed to me like I was very hard to hear. And like I said, I listened to other podcasts. And um, those folks spoke much louder. So I'm going to try to speak louder. So right now you might be driving in your car or whatever you're doing with earbuds and you're like, oh my God, turn it down. Stop talking so loud. Um, But I'm going to try to speak and enunciate better and louder for you. Anyway, I'm back. I am feeling great today. It is in the 80s here in suburban Philadelphia. I'm going to go out and do some planting as soon as I'm done recording a couple of podcasts. And, um, my son, my son with disabilities, the week before spring break, that Tuesday, um, and keep in mind, he has just been home like January and February. We had a ton of snow days, March. He missed, I think three and a half weeks total for his brain surgery. So then we're into April and it's the week before spring break. And on Tuesday, right after they the buses picked up the kids in the morning we got this text and it said you know our school building doesn't have any water we're sorry we're going to dismiss at 11 30 so he came home at 11 30 on tuesday and because they couldn't find the source of the issue for quite some time he ended up being home the rest of the week uh so he had like a three and a half day pre-spring break before his spring break Needless to say, between that and, and the other days that we've missed, um, we're dealing with a little bit of regression here in our house, which is never fun. But yeah, like I said, sun is shining, birds are singing, school is back in session, so I am optimistic that we're going to turn it around soon. Um, thank you for those who inquire about him. The surgery has been a success so far. His daytime seizures have all but been eliminated So now we're just struggling with some nighttime seizures, and that will take time, but I'm confident that it's going to get better and better. Um, But our quality of life has just improved tremendously since the surgery. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, IEP meetings, and I know I talk about IEP meetings a lot, but I get 
questions from parents once in a while, and this is just kind of like a roundup of questions that I hear or that I receive frequently, and they're just little odds and ends stuff, but it's just kind of good to know kind of thing. Um, so I'm just going to go through. I have them just jotted down here because they've just been in my email for a little while. So um, one that I hear a lot of is what is a facilitated IEP meeting? And here in Pennsylvania, we have what is called ODR. It's the Office of Dispute Resolution. And they are the office that handles disputes, um, IEP disputes. If you're going to file, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're filing for mediation or due process, that's who you send your stuff to and so on. You can also request through them a facilitator or a facilitated IEP meeting. And what they do is they send out an impartial facilitator and that person facilitates the IEP meeting. It is not mediation. Um, Mediation is different in that a mediator kind of works with you and they work with both sides and really push the team to, um, you're really not supposed to leave mediation without an agreement. Now, I know that has happened where mediation has occurred and um, the teams just could not come to an agreement and, and you know, no agreement was found. Um, but the mediator like works works to mediate. I don't. I can't think of a better word. Um, a facilitator just facilitates, and what they do. Um, I had one really bad facilitator one time, and I'm sure he's a very nice man. When they get these people, they're usually retired educators and administrators, and you know they just work part time and all that but he basically came in and he's like hi I'm you know whatever Joe Smith and gave his background and he said now I am just here today to make sure that the conversation stays focused on you know and he said the name of the student and he said now I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to make sure that the conversation stays focused on the student but you can pretend like I'm not here and then he he really quite literally like went and sat in the corner and it really was like he wasn't there. Um, I've had other facilitators who are good and kind of move things along a little bit, but don't necessarily push you toward an agreement. They just keep the conversation flowing and focused and balanced and moving, I guess. Um but anyway, contact every state has a parent training agency for special education. Um, you can contact yours and they will let you know how to find a facilitator in your area. Um, another question I got was, can we do an IEP meeting in Spanish? Yes. Uh, Procedural Safeguards is very clear about this, that... All materials, all communication, everything um, must be in a language that the parent can understand. So whether that's Spanish or sign language or whatever it is, um, like I said, look in your procedural safeguards and it's in there about it should be the parent's primary language, native language. 
I have heard from some moms um, who have stated that they feel awkward and they don't want the school team to think that they're stupid if they don't speak English. And I, I understand that there certainly are still a lot of negative stigmas and stereotypes and bias out there. Um, but it might just be helpful, you know, if you can get a, a bilingual advocate, even just to sit in with you um, if you don't want to insist on it in Spanish or your native language, um, you know, get someone to sit in, on, in with you. I would make sure that the person is from your hiring or in other words they're at your request and not the school's request um just because I have heard of a few instances and you know again people are like oh you're so paranoid you think everyone you know schools aren't out to get you no schools aren't out to get you and I get that but there have been instances where the school hired translator was not being entirely honest or forthcoming or whatever you want to call it with the translation. So you just want to make sure that the person is there on team you if you're if you're going to hire a translator. Um, another one is can we do an IEP meeting by phone? Yeah, you can. Um, as an advocate, I've phoned in to meetings that I couldn't get to or they were either too far away or my son's health issues, things like that. Um, I always would say make every effort to do an in-person IEP meeting. We all know how annoying it is with phone conferences and people are like, uh, 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 you know how it stops and starts and you can't talk over people and all that. Um, that gets annoying. And I think body language is important. Um, you want to be able to see their expressions and things like, like team members can kind of feed off of each other. If the parent's not in the room and you've phoned in, like if you're at a meeting, for the most part, I think everybody acts professional. Sure, there are instances where people don't. I, I, I know that. Um, but for the most part, you know, everybody's there. It's a business meeting. You're acting professional and courteous and all that. If the parent's not in the room um, and says something on the phone conference, then let's just say one person can kind of like sit there and roll their eyes. Then other people can kind of feed into that and they feel liberated to dislike or go along with those sentiments. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if the parent was in the room, you're not necessarily going to do that. So anyway. Um, but yes, you can. I mean, bottom line is yes, um, you can. It's not desirable. I don't think by any means. I think it's important to be there, to see people face to face. And like I said, see their body language, see their expressions, things like that. Um, IEP amendments. A few parents have, have gotten a little concerned about, hey, they want to do this IEP amendment and they said we don't need a meeting. Um, and that's correct. You don't have to meet over every little thing. If you're just changing up, um, you know, something 
kind of small that doesn't require the whole team to meet and discuss, especially if the whole team's in agreement. You absolutely can send out an IEP amendment or the school send out an IEP amendment for you to sign off on and, and that's it. Um, that's it. Pretty easy. Um, let's see. What else do I, I can't read what this one is. Um, I talked about an amendment. Um, oh, how long should one last? That varies. Mine, despite my son's very lengthy IEP, um, our meetings are, are relatively short because we do so much pre-work and I do, you know, phone calls and emails with the various team members um, about the different sections and the goals and all that. Um, so we spend a lot of time on it ahead of time and really our IEP meeting is more of just a formality and just kind of finalizing it. Um, I would say after two hours, you're probably going to stop being productive and maybe you need to table it and, you know, reconvene in a week or two. I just... You know, yeah, I used to work out of the home and used to go to meetings and things like that. And I think after two hours, people just kind of mentally check out. And I've heard of parents saying, oh, our IEP meeting was four hours. You know, like I can't even go four hours without going to the bathroom or getting a drink of water, you know. So I don't know. It's, you know, again, it's up to the team. If you want to push through and finish it, do that. But, um, I would also say that if you are having four and five hour meetings, something's wrong. Either you're really in disagreement and not on the same page about something, obviously, or you wouldn't be there that long discussing it, or more pre-work needs to be done. I realize that in the spirit of IDEA, the team is supposed to get together and draw up an IEP, but... um. I, I think that's a nice sentiment in 1975. I think in 2019, with the complexity of IEPs and all that they entail, I don't think it's realistic to think that an IEP team is going to sit there and draw up an entire IEP in one sitting. Um, there just there has to be has to be pre work, um, or you will be there all day. And the last question I want to answer about IEP meetings, and I, and I will do more discussion on IEP meetings, but um, this is just, like I said, random kind of quick, quick and dirty questions I can get out of the way that I get a lot. Um, what constitutes an IEP meeting? For an IEP meeting to occur, the designated or mandated IEP team members must be there. They are clearly defined in IDEA, um, you know, gen ed teacher, special ed teacher, LEA, which stands for local education agency. Um, if applicable, the parent, I mean, if applicable, the child. And depending on where you live at age 14 or 16, they must be invited. And the parent. So, um, and of course, 
anyone else who has knowledge of the child. There's that little kind of vague, vague clause there that pretty much opens it up for anyone to bring anyone that has, you know, knowledge of the child. So whether that be, you know, different school personnel, um, advocates, your home behavior team, home care providers, and so on. Um, But anytime that the team gets together, that constitutes an IEP meeting. It should be noted somewhere. There should at least be an attendance sheet, even if you decide to not make any changes to, um, to the IEP. And speaking of LEA, which stands for Local Education Agency, the person who is the LEA at the IEP meeting should identify themselves as such. Um, generally, you go around and do introductions. And this person might say, I'm, you know, Mrs. Smith, I'm the principal of the building, and I'm the LEA here today. Um, the LEA should have the authority to make decisions. So if you're asking for something and the person says, well, I don't have the authority to make that decision, I'm going to have to get back to you, then you haven't really had an IEP meeting because there wasn't an LEA there. If this has been an issue for you or you know that you're going to ask for something significant like a one-on-one aid, um, when you RSVP to the meeting, you should submit your parent concerns And then also add, you know, I wish to discuss the possibility of, you know, my son receiving a one-on-one aid for the following reasons, blah, blah, blah. Um, And make it, just put a note in there. I want an LEA at the meeting who has the authority to make this decision. So that way, because I mean, schools just use that as an out sometimes. It's just a, you know, one of those wait and see things like, oh, well, we'll get back to you. And then, you know, weeks pass and so on. Um, so if there's an LA, if there's a person there and they can't make those decisions, then they're not really an LEA. They're there to represent the district and they should be able to make those decisions. So that's it. That's just a few, like I said, Q and A about IEP meetings. I will be doing, um, more on IEP meetings and but that's it for today and honestly the reason I'm cutting this short right now is my dumb dog is walking around and um, her nails on the wooden floor you can probably hear it she paces a lot she's an old girl but anyway I'm gonna get going I hope to see you soon and thanks for listening thanks for listening to the don't IEP alone podcast no parent should have to IEP alone And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group.
Wait. 